There's a story inside every smoke shop, with every cigar, and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle at Bovida. This is Box Press. So how long have you been smoking cigars, Nico? Man, so what I'm, uh, I'm in my early 40s, I'm 43. Uh, so probably, man, 20 years. You know, interesting enough, I started smoking cigars from cigars, right? I've never tried a cigarette. I've never had a desire. And I remember being somewhere and seeing this guy smoke uh, a Fuente. And this, the aroma of that cigar was so intoxicating. And this guy looked so cool. I said, oh, man, I, I got I to gotta get into that. Right? And I tried uh, a Macanudo was my very first and it was okay but what it did do was it fueled the passion to want to know more uh and to really really dive deep into it and i was just you know fuente was always my go-to whether it was the uh, short story the 858 uh you know down the line the word of art uh the canoes and a few others from there and then of course you know the, the opus x would you know, that was available if you could get it and uh, really branching out to try different cigars. Yeah. I got to admit time. something. I've, I've always, you know, the 858 gets so much attention and so many people like it. And no matter who I give it to, they like it. I tried to hate that cigar. I tried to be Me like, too. you know what? Me too. This, it's is tough. Just a, this is just one of those everyday <laughs> cigars. And every oh time I light it, I get wowed by it. And I'm like, I can't hate this cigar. I, I know love that. it every time I smoke it. Construction. Yeah. I literally, I have to Sorry. be honest. And it's not, it's not personal to Fuente or anything like that. It's nothing personal. I just tried to hate the hype that that has yeah and it this is every time i'm like oh god this is so good right <laughs> so i have a, i have a great story so you i'm like you nico uh first cigar was when i was i'm 48 first okay. premium cigar i'd never had a cigarette never chewed sure. never had alcohol cigars were first i had a few occasional cigarettes in college okay but my first cigar was the hoyo de monterey excalibur number no. two maduro like big Churchill chocolate bomb cigar okay. would smoke them. I don't know, half a dozen, maybe 10 cigars a year when I was in college and I was going to school in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And we were in Florida with our show choir from college and we're all going to jump in the pool. And I'm like, I need a cigar. You know, we've had a few beers, so we're all a little, you know, hyped up. And I like run across the parking lot from our hotel to this little gas station convenience store. And they had uh, like a few nicer cigars. And one of them was Macanudo. And I come running back like a kid at Christmas. I'm like, guys, I got a cigar. It's in a tube and everything. And they, they still give me shit about it today because they're like, remember how excited you got about that dumb cigar? <laughs> what, what's, what's funny is Rob's perception of the 858, I think for me is the same when it comes to like a Macanudo. Can they smoke yeah. great? Absolutely. Oh, Do yeah. I smoke many? No, but it's that perception that that was a cigar that was always around 30 years ago when I was a kid, you know, at all the, any convenience store that might have cigars, you'd see them in those tubes or they'd like, cause the packaging on the 858 has that kind of old fashioned gold, you know, almost cursive 858 script. It That's looks right. like a, you know, like a Walgreens kind of cheapo cigar, mm -hmm. but every time you grab it, you're like, oh, damn, damn, this is good. So you're smoking an angel share opus. Is it yes. the, the, what is it? The tiger? What is it called? The shark? 
the is that is it that shape? Which no, is, it, no, it's like it, Churchill almost, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. In what year yeah. is that one? Yeah, this actually is a twenty, maybe a nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Maybe twenty nineteen. I've had a couple of those. I, um, I'm just I just lit it, so I haven't gotten into it though. I mean, is it good? I enjoyed wow. it when I smoked it. Yeah, I've never smoked it, so I'll be honest. I don't smoke a ton of Opus X, but if they have some age on them, then I really like them. You know, a couple years of age, and then I really enjoy them. That's right. I'm with you on that. I'm smoking the Fuente. Is it Destino Siglo? Destino Siglo. Destino Siglo. Destino Siglo. Yep. It is phenomenal. Yeah, I that's just a good got stick. gifted this from a good buddy, Dave, and it is very tasty. I don't know what year this is from, but it's real good. Really good. I got it. Can you, uh, can I see the wrap? I, have to, I may have to get some of those. I mean, anything by Toro Fuente, I think it's, it's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got to, I got to try that out. It's, yeah. yeah, it's got basically the, I don't know which Fuente that is on the can, on the label there, but it's got what Carlos and Carlito on the sides. Yep. So it must be yeah. the grandfather. I would guess. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's impressive. They got a, they got a great history. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, it's Did you crazy. see the the episode that we recorded with Sean and Tim? Box Press twenty five twenty fifth anniversary. Yes, dude. That's really the good. History there. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just so cool. It um, surprises me that that they were, you know, where they are now in the DR, but you know, starting out and doing some of their uh, age drying in Tampa. Uh, you know some of that history that's still there in, in Ebor. Um, you know, good shout out to uh, Tampa Sweethearts. I love when I'm in oh that area. I'm making God, a point yeah. to stop by there. That's a great uh, shop. Yeah. I think so. I, Sean, our CEO, goes to Tampa Sweethearts because he lives in Florida now in, in Tampa. And he likes their house cigar, the, oh, what's it called? The Ebor City. Oh, the Ebor City. The Florida Ebor City. Yeah. And so I ordered some of those last year and both boxes, handwritten notes from, uh, God, what's which Fuente is it? I forget. I think it's Carlos. I think it's another Car Carlos. But yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, he's. I think he's there every day. That'd be a great guy. Yeah, man, yeah. I was blown away. Such a good but, cigar. I smoked one yesterday on the ride home on my motorcycle, and I was like, "Dang, this is good." So it's a, good. it's a great everyday stick. So you yep. know, when Nate talks about you know the good price point, um, you know, I, I was giving them out to people because when I discovered them, I was like, hey, you got to try this guy. Like, I never heard of this. I'm like, so then when you tell them the, that, hey, this is a Fuente everyday smoke, and then people are clamoring for them. Right. Uh, it like, is what, five uh, bucks, 450 something like that? Yeah, something like that. I usually buy them like uh, in five packs. I don't think I've actually bought a box, but I usually buy them in five packs. Yeah. Because uh, I buy other, you know, just Fuente brands. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great smoke, though. And I think when I got them, I bought 20, and they're ones that I give out to very light smokers here at the office because mm -hmm. it's a really great easy smoking so cigar good. but it's mm -hmm. got great flavor i think i bought a they came bundled i think i don't think it was in a box um of 20 but yeah right. it was comically inexpensive really good yeah where are you smoking by the way i thank you for asking i'm actually uh in downtown baltimore city i am at the quintessential gentleman the qg i don't know if you've nice. uh, ever been here no, but it is it is a uh, a haberdashery. It, it's everything you know for men. I mean, you can get a custom suit here. They've got a bar where they uh, do their own uh, uh, private label barrels with some great you know uh, whiskey brands. Uh, they've got a uh, barbershop and spa on the level. You get your shoes shined. 
And then, of course, they have a great place where you can uh, smoke cigars. And so, uh, awesome. you know, Craig, Craig and Rusty, I told them I was doing this interview and they were were more than gracious to allow me to, you know, to come down and, and to host me. So it, it's a great spot. If you're ever in Baltimore, we're coming there and, and we're going to we're going to go. And if when you come to Minneapolis, we have a place that is almost spit an image of what you just described. A guy who's become a really good friend over the last year, uh, his name is Derek Reed, owns uh, something called Club Caraway, named after Nick Caraway from The Great Gatsby. Yeah. And it's in a historic mansion just uh, just off of downtown Minneapolis, just south of it, like on the other side of Highway 94. And it's in the carriage house. So you walk in, the first floor is a huge, beautiful, all you know, wood millwork, 20s inspired, leather chairs. Literally in the in the main lounge, there is a bespoke uh, stereo system. That's a local Minneapolis company that built the stereo for that room, you know, with the tubes and everything. And then he has bespoke suiting. That's kind of in the middle. So custom suits uh, and fully bespoke, fully custom suits start at nine ninety five. Like beautiful suits. And then he has two barber chairs. So you can do a grooming membership. I do that. uh, Go three, four times a month beard trim haircut and then you go and open up a bookcase and it takes you down the stairs to the private cigar lounge in the basement the old coal room so super similar to what you guys have going on there i I mean it's it it, it, you're almost describing i mean here they so they have uh uh you know smoking jackets for members uh Mm -hmm. and, and it was great because after uh you know when i used to wear suit and ties i would take my you know suit jacket off and put the the robe off and why you look very distinguished. It actually, it actually served a true purpose, which was to, you know, limit the amount of smoke, uh, you yeah. know, coupled with the, the humidification in there. And uh, if, if you drop some ash, it didn't get on you. Right. Yeah. So right. that sounds like a cool spot. This is a member's uh, place as well, but you know, they've got member boxes and some parts are open to the public and others aren't. I will say one of the other cool things about this place is that they have a really cool, large uh, selection uh, barber products in terms of uh, like barber coats, you know, the wax coats and uh, all those things. Yeah. They've got a great selection of that. So it's really cool. Say, I, I was on a plane once and a, a lady, I had a, uh, they were connecting flight and she was from Minneapolis. And so she said to me, um, I said, I said, I've heard some great things about the, you know, the, the area, the Twin Cities and all. And she says, Anytime you come, she said, this is my information. Please come. I promise you, you know, you enjoy yourself after about the entire plane ride. She gave me her information. She's like, look, you could stay at my house. I can tell oh, you're not awesome. crazy. You could, you could stay at yeah. my house and have a good time. I, I thought she was crazy, but I wish yeah, I had right? information to take it up. But <laughs> I, I, I think it's a, a, a true uh, a testament to the people there. And, and of course, shout out to, to, to Prince and all in that area, uh, you know. Just, just great people. So it was a pleasure. Yeah, that is so cool. That friend, that uh, that extension of somebody's home is so personal. Uh huh. Takes a lot to get there, but it, I I ended up watching uh, a documentary or some sort of film where the gentleman was actually just traveling from one point of like let's say Alaska all the way down to the end of uh, Mexico, and the only thing he could do was either sleep in his car or. or oh, I watched that. Yeah. What was it? Oh called? my gosh, it was so cool. And he literally relied entirely for food, lodging, everything on the kindness of strangers. Uh, right. I remember that. I don't right. think I, I, re- I remember so something good. about was that. Was it called Be Kind? He, oh, it, man. He's in a yellow uh, Volkswagen. Hatchback or something? Yeah. Yes. Like the hatchback or something? It's a convertible. 
It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. So many cool stories. You're just like, like just average Joe on the street. And then all of a sudden you find out that they're like helping the youth in the community with drugs and alcohol addiction and having a place to stay. And you're like, wow. Like, no wonder why you said yes to letting me stay here. But just it's so cool how people can get connected up. like that. It was called The Kindness Diaries. There you go. And it's fantastic. Yep, The Kindness Diaries. And it's so good. Yeah. So good. Wow. Yeah, it's like a little, I don't know if it was a Volkswagen, but it was a yellow convertible Volkswagen looking car. Yeah, it was a Volkswagen. Yep. It was a vintage. Yeah, it was on Netflix. It's an amazing documentary. Super good. Let's get into why you're even on Box Press. You, yeah. you went ahead and you went to a charity event and we, we put up for auction this opportunity to get some cool Bovida stuff, a humidor, all that good stuff, and then also have the opportunity to sit down with whomever bid on this. And I kind of thought to myself, hey, no one's going to know what box press is. No one's going to care about that. The glitz and the glamour are the Bovida, the Bovida humidor, maybe the cigars they threw in there. I don't know what they did. But, you, you know, this. yeah, it's like, oh, you get a box press area. Somebody's going to be like, ah, I don't want that part. That's actually kind of what I was banking on is somebody being like, nah, this, I don't want that. But, Nico, you've been, uh, th this drew your attention. You knew about the whole box press. Oh, absolutely. I, I, look, I, they had some other really tantalizing offers, and I've, I've bid on one or two other things, uh, but my focus was this particular package. Uh, you know, the elusive acrylic uh, uh, humidors are, are, are fantastic, uh, as well as, you know, uh, the other swag that you guys sent is really cool. But to do this and, and to be here with you all is uh, – it, it is really, really uh, probably one of the coolest things I've done. So how could I pass on bidding on something like that? Awesome. Dude, that's awesome. I'm so glad we got the right guy in the seat because it just makes the interview that much better. Um, oh, thank you. So I appreciate that. <laughs> but you do have an interesting background that I kind of want to dive into. Sure. You started a for-profit company called Gold Bear. Gold, sorry. Golden, Golden, Bear. Golden Bear. Yep. And it's a corporate social responsible um company correct am i getting that right yep. yeah it's corporate social responsibility so it's a it's a uh it's a consulting company where we bridge the gap between ceos of companies and we bridge the gap between them and nonprofits and other entities that are not for profits or organizations uh and help them to work uh better in the community i mean that's that's extremely important as we see uh you know, as crime rise and other things happen, you know, one thing is very clear. Everybody blames everybody else. But the true component or the other piece of that is the business community. And the business community really doesn't say much, depending, um, for a myriad of factors and reasons. But they should be a part of the conversation. And I think they are able to help, uh, you know, change the narrative, if you will, for positive. Uh, whether it's creating jobs, whether it is creating uh, opportunities uh, for uh, influx of, of not just cash, but resources uh, and man hours to really help uh, other organizations. So, yeah. That's awesome. So you're really just trying to cool. pair the nonprofits with the companies so that they can do good work together. That's right. Yeah. Golden, Golden Bear, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. So says, why is it Golden Bear? I'm like, why not? If you got James Bond and Golden Eye and all these other things, if Jack Nicholas could be, could be the bear, you know, why can't we be Golden Bear? I think the yeah, opportunity yeah. is that you got to have your eye on something, right? And, and as we look at things that are, that are golden, 
uh, if you will, that's a little more shiny. And so that opportunity um, is, is really good. And so, you know, look, I've been in the for-profit world. Uh, I'm currently executive director of a nonprofit, which is called Community Housing Associates, where they house those that are mentally ill and homeless. Uh, you know, I'm trying to do my part, um, you know, to really, really change the tide. And uh, it, I think it's working one step at a time. Yeah, I like here's what I like about this, this statement that you filled out on this questionnaire. Um, so how does your career relate to your family background? You said you grew up an only child by a single mother. You understood that there were people who needed help, not handouts, in some capacity to, to be the best they could be. The nonprofit I run is working to ensure homelessness is brief and there is a, uh, uh, I believe, safe place for people to live. Yep. So yep. I love that because oftentimes we get into the politics of how to help people and whether that means it's a paycheck and, 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 uh, and just a monetary donation, or if it's truly going to just focus on how to get one person from point A to point B. And I think the more you focus on the point A to point B, then you actually start to do good works. That's right. That's right. It's, it, it's important that we get to the basics, right? We, you know, we always, from a political perspective, we can argue about how it's funded. We can argue a lot of different things. But the basics are people need shelter. The basics are, you know, people need jobs. The basics are people need to eat. Uh, in an economy that where we are currently, uh, whether it's, a, you know, it's inflation and we're hitting a recession or not, whatever that may be, the goal is how do we help somebody else? And I think if everybody did that, I think we, we, we could uh, really, really move forward as a society. I think, you know, over time, look, we've been selfish. Uh, you know, we're, we're only worried about ourselves. And I think yep. that's, that's true to some degree, right? Nate? Like you can, you have a right to be selfish and protect yours, right? I, I, have, a, I have a wife, I have a, a, a beautiful uh, one-year-old uh, and I want her to be in a place and understand that there's more to life than just absorbing things, right? Uh, yep. we've, we've got to get away from the collection of trinkets and toys uh, and more so, uh, and not saying that's bad. I mean, I do it myself, so I'd be a hypocrite saying that, that I don't. Right. But we, we, we've got to really work to help others. And, and I, I think in the time we are now, we saw that a lot during the pandemic, right? Tremendous amount of need. Um, mental health was highlighted in that. Mm -hmm. Growing up uh, with my mother, as a, you know, she was a single parent. I understood what the stressors were, right, of not really making it. But she also understood the importance of having uh, a young black boy in Washington, D.C., the need for, uh, for this young kid to be cultured. And so we did go to plays. Uh, she exposed me to theater and other things. Uh, and, and she, you know, exhausted her resources to send me to private school. And I am uh -huh. always uh, eternally grateful for her sacrifice uh, to allow me to live. Uh, and so I try to give back everywhere I can, not just to her, but to uh, others around me. The things that we do just out of sheer kindness for people are the things that impact us the most. And it's, it's so mm -hmm. interesting that doing something for somebody else has a uniquely selfish benefit in that we feel great when we do that. And so why people don't, it, it takes people a while to realize how great you feel when you do something for somebody else. And then once they do, they start to realize, wait, this is pretty amazing. I need to do this way more often. I, I agree. Look, you know, we're all in this age of social media and we all were born before social media. So 
I, I like to say we're OGs in this social yeah. media game, right? So Gen when we X, think baby. about, uh, you know, how we got there uh, to where we are, and I see people now, and they bring up a great point of kind of doing things under the radar. I, I, when I see people who are recording themselves doing great deeds for other people, I, I'm always torn because the, the one side is that it's great that somebody's doing it. The other side is, you know, there could be possible humiliation of the other person yeah. uh, that is receiving that, right? Or uh, other things. Is there a self-serving uh, point that they're that they're doing uh, that's deep-seated for the person that's recording that? But I then look and think that whatever that may be, and all that could be true or not, is that the hope is that it inspires someone to want to do something for somebody else. That's yes. what I think. Uh, it is. I agree. And that's got to be the inspiration, right? At the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's funny yeah. that you said, I, I was out a few weeks ago, I went to a, a, a Pappy uh, a, a, a tasting a few months ago, uh, and that was just crazy. By the way, uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was it was really cool. They auctioned off the bottles at the end, and all the proceeds went to a really really great uh, uh, charity. And uh, we left, and then went to dinner across the street at this uh, restaurant. And uh, I ran into uh, a bartender that I know from uh, one of the great steakhouses here, and and uh, you know they ran the country with the steakhouse and. I used to go there often, and he was just a really knowledgeable guy and really, really just a good person. And I saw him there with his family, and I just, you know, told the, the lady, hey, look, I'll buy all their appetizers because they had quite a few of them. Uh, and, you know, I just told him it was good to see him, and we left. Uh, and I didn't want him to know that, that I did it because, you know, he's a great guy, and, and it was the least that I could do yep. because I hadn't seen him in a while. So it, it's – I think those things go a long way. I think one of the coolest uh, – and I saw it through Instagram – one of the coolest videos where it was done through social media, but it was still anonymous. So this guy and his team went to a gro local grocery store and talked to the manager and said, Hey, I want to, you know, pick some people that maybe are struggling to pay their groceries or look like they maybe have a big family or what have you. And I, I don't know how he picked which families or what criteria he used, but he had a microphone and earpiece and the manager had an earpiece, but he wasn't there. So they're filming the guy off you know, away from the grocery store aisles, but watching the grocery store lanes and he'd go, I want to buy their groceries. And then that cashier would just take a credit card that he gave them and that your, your groceries are covered. That's and very then cool. they just filmed the reaction to those people. And it's just waterworks. I mean, waterworks. Wow. And it's really powerful because it's social media, but it's done again as anonymously as possible. And those people leave going, why would somebody do that? Like, why would I you? Now, I think I it's, great. it's great. Yeah, it's great. I, look, I mean, no, no one. It, the minute that somebody doesn't have any sense of pride, if you will, and, and they're like, "Hey, I need this. I need that." That's when you have to act, right? And and there are people who, because of the economy that we're in currently, some people would say, you know, that I'm just not doing well, especially our our, our service industry, right? Bartenders and people who would typically do well and do okay. Uh, aren't doing okay. There are a lot of restaurants that that still aren't doing okay. There's still yep. people who aren't doing okay, and and the the sacrifice that is made when people are are, are trying or vacillating rather, I'm going to pay a bill or food, and if you've got kids, then you know obviously that is a whole nother uh, factor. Yep. Um, and when someone comes in and, and does something like that. It, it, it's a it's a tremendous I think weight lifted off of it because that money can go somewhere else and I think it's important. Absolutely, 
And I'm with Rob. I think the world needs so much more of that flooded on our news, on our social media feeds, because there's so much just ugly, gross uh, content that, you know, we're exposed to because, I mean, a lot of bad stuff goes on in the world. But when you see those snippets, which are happening all around us, we just might not be aware of them. I think when you see it on social media, maybe in some way that piques your attention and says, maybe I should start looking for that. It's like uh, Mr. Rogers, look for the helpers. Mm. You know, there are always people that are helping, you know, because Mr. Rogers is the absolute best. I apologize to interrupt you, Dave. I was, when you said Mr. Rogers, I know they did a, a movie or documentary on mm -hmm. him. And and I, I haven't seen it, but I, I, I didn't want to see it because I was afraid that there was going to be something terrible about Mr. Rogers, that he was like this bad guy off, off camera, not. right? Like, <laughs> like yelling at people or whatever. But then I, after seeing some of the clips and, and there was a kind of a, an after uh, uh, a documentary about the movie or, or about him, it, it was impressive to see that this was a man that literally lived past the hype, if you will, Absolutely. Of, of, of being one to give and to really talk about tough subjects that uh, even to this day, here we are in 2022, people still don't want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or uncomfortable about talking about. So, yeah. And with kids. I mean, he did these conversations with kids who have all yeah. of these questions. Yeah. And if those questions don't get answered when you're a kid, you still have those questions as an adult. And where's the safe space to talk about difficult stuff? Sure. Um, we don't do that enough. And I can say from having seen both the movie and the documentary, um, he is as exceptional off the camera as he was on camera. I mean, just, you know, a really rare individual, but it's, I would say if you watch it like, like have some tissues nearby. Cause yeah. it is, <laughs> it, it, it's good. Nico, I asked you a question in your questionnaire. It's what is your vision slash go for yourself in the next year? The, the vision and goal for myself in the next year. I mean, it's pretty simple as we're having this. It's interesting kind of, I guess, the theme and maybe the theme. Uh, but to be better than I am, uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, look, I always strive to be better than I am the day before, the hour before. Uh, I'm far from perfect. You know, I, I sometimes can do things and like, damn, why did I, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Uh, and I'm cognizant of that. The goal is always to be better, to do better. Uh, I think that when you surround yourself around people who are doing better uh, in all aspects, whether, you know, it, it's doing well in business and, uh, you know, those that are conscientious of the world that we live in and, and are making it a point to want to do uh, for others is imperative. Uh, for me, it is all those things and more, uh, you know, what can I do to be better? And I think that's a self-reflection. Uh, I mean, we always can talk about, yeah, I want to make more money. I want to, you know, win the lottery and drive, you know, the the best Ferrari out there or whatever that may be for you, yeah. uh, you know, but how can I be better, right? And then right. that's a self-reflection of, of, you know, what can I do to, to be the best? When we think about life and what's important to us, I think the one thing that the pandemic has shown us is that at the end of the day, we thought this was like two weeks. I remember... You know, we were going through this and everybody was saying, hey, it's, it's, it's you know, two weeks, man. We're back to this. And right. things started really, really shutting down. Um, and this wasn't two weeks, you know, and then and, and you're you're forced to be in this uh, home uh, and you hope that you love that person uh, or people. 
Fingers uh, crossed. And, and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and uh, I think one of the comedians, he said, you know, look, he realized that, you know what? We're not meant to spend all these hours at at, at, at home together. No. <laughs> uh, so I, I think a lot, you know, and, yeah. So it, it's one of those things where you really decide what's important to you. How do you live your life and how can you improve it? And, and you're right, though, Rob. Look, you're constantly learning. Anybody who says they're, they stop learning, uh, that's a problem. Because you, I, I think you're learning until you die. I mean, I, I've always learned more about cigars and I'm learning more about uh, uh, life uh, one day at a time through mistakes. And the goal is to not make as many of those mistakes uh, to enjoy the life and not the repercussions of it. Yeah. Right. Rob, you'll remember this because Rob uh, had Luciano Mireles of Ace Prime Cigars. So mm-hmm. I think you, you might be familiar with him. We were talking about that concept of master blenders and that could you know, transition over to master distillers. You know, these names get tossed around quite a bit. And he said, there's not a single cigar maker that would consider themselves a master blender because they are still learning new ways to use tobacco, new ways to roll cigar. You know, they're still learning and honing their craft well into their later years. And they don't consider themselves masters. It's generally a title that someone else confers on them. Same in, you watch any of those whiskey documentaries. All of the best blenders and producers the ones that really excel well into their later years they're constantly learning they're constantly open to new information to going wait oh you might be right i didn't think of it that way let's try that those are the people that not only are they constantly learning but they stay vibrant you know well until their later years until they die because they're open to new information they're open to learning new stuff and i think that's the that's where i want to be sure I think I agree with you, Nate. I think that's a that's a, a great way uh, to look at it. Uh, we are all constantly learning, and, and, and to be honest, look, I think you know, look, I'm learning from you guys as you talk about this cool end cap. I, I you know, I've got to get one of these things and and, and uh, see what it's like. Uh, but in in the reality of of life itself, we have to constantly learn. We have to seek out information, right? I, I think if we are just told information. I don't know if it's really information, right? Information is something that you, you, you've got to really seek it out and understand mm. because I think information has to be true. Uh, and mm. I think that is important for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that seeking it out, not just being like, oh, I heard that. So then I believe it. You know, you really got to like internalize it in order That's to right. believe it. That's Ask right. a lot of questions. <laughs> this kind of leads into you said your favorite quote is we can always do more. But as I've looked at my life and started going through, could I be doing more? I've actually started to do less so that I can be better at what I do. So I've had to learn, especially through COVID, to say no. Like I used to always want to be out on the go, get to get together with people. I'm a strong extrovert. And that no, yeah, that no and, 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 and that force into not being on the go, not distracting the, the, the self and getting into not always doing more. How do you, how do you balance that? Because it is a strong pull to always want to do more, but at what point do you realize I can't do more because I can't do it right? Well, that's a, look, that's, I think that's a great point. One of the things that I learned is that, you mean, I, I, you know, uh, as a business owner, uh, you know, consulting for others i I remember working 80 hour weeks right like and there was a point where i would you know wake up before my wife uh got up 
and I was home after she was sleeping. I mean, this was wow. just tremendous. Uh, and, and to that point, COVID really, really showed me that there's so much more uh, to doing that. And it goes back to holding the phone, right? I don't want to hold the phone. I want to live in the moment. I want to I capture the moment and, and have it mentally. Uh, and, and it doesn't mean, you know, you don't take pictures and all these other things to enjoy it. Right. But I really want to share in the moment. And I think that is uh, so important. And, and saying no is important. It also means like, you know what? I've done all I can do today. Right. Mm -hmm. if, if, if I stay two more hours, it does not change today. So right. I'm going to pack it up and I'm going to come back tomorrow refreshed uh, and give it another go. I, you, I, again, I think that goes back to being intentional uh, about um, doing just that. Look, if you remember uh, on your news, I'm sure no traffic. Right. We, I think I heard something that because people had stopped driving for the long period of time that the environment had it saved off like another five years or increased another five years in longevity of uh, the environment or, uh, you know, birds were, were doing more than whatever. We saw, I remember, national news of uh, the wild animals were coming closer in because people were not out. Wow. I, yeah. I think we, we've got to really, really take into account uh, and I think from your point, Rob, look, if we if we do less for ourselves, then we are doing more uh, and, and to focus specifically on things as opposed to 12 other things uh, and not really that focus. So I think it's important. Yeah. Love it. You also said here that you were a big brother uh, or you you had a big brother when you were younger. And that was a positive influence and helped you tremendously get into the business world. You also said your mother was an influence because she made sacrifices, which we've talked about. Um, with that, I mean, was your father present with you growing up? No, uh, actually, he wasn't. And so just to go back to the, to the big brother, and I'll, I'll come back to that because I think that comes full circle. So I appreciate you, you bringing that up. Uh, no, my father wasn't present. Uh, it wasn't like I didn't know who he was. Uh, but, but that was just a, a, an interesting dynamic because I went to a uh, Catholic school. <laughs> which, uh, you know, really focused on humility and giving back. So we would go to soup kitchens. Uh, you know, uh, religion class taught me quite a bit about the compassion of, of others. Uh, and, you know, you can have five people who are checking on one person, but if no one's actually checking on that person, that person could die. There's a great article in the New Yorker years ago about these people who were charged with taking care of this woman and she died from, uh, you know, just not eating uh, because no wow. one, everyone was supposed to check on it and they didn't. And I learned that in religion class and uh, it taught me a lot. So I, interesting enough, I used to take the bus coming home and I, I would see my father, uh, you know, on, on the bus from time to time. So we would talk, but we, we didn't have a relationship until, uh, you know, again, present time. Right. Uh, and I think that's a lot of forgiveness. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a lot of animosity against them because a part of, really more for my mother when I reflect on it than myself, because yeah. I'm like, man, how, how could you let my mom struggle like that? And we can take the financial component out of it. Being present, right? I right. think yeah. that's a lot. Uh, having a big brother, my mother was very uh, in tune to that and understanding that, hey, this ain't a little black boy who's who, who, who doesn't have culture to understand things, but she also understood that uh, there's something that only men can do, right, from a capacity in, in helping to rear uh, um, 
a young a young man. And I learned a lot from and shout out to, to Bob Gordy. He was great. He was the uh, CEO of uh, Cellular One, if you remember that. Uh, Cellular One for the Baltimore, Washington, Boston uh, property and, and, and did tremendously well. Uh, I understood quite a bit of business from him. I remember it's a great story. I remember they were leasing cars, and at the time he was the uh, CEO of uh, of a cable company, uh, which was a uh, venture with uh, SBC, Southwestern Bell Communications. And I, you know, he was you know talking about leasing the car, but you know he hadn't decided. I said, "Oh my gosh, you got to get the Lexus, get <laughs> the Lexus." And he was telling me, "It's like, look, you know, you, you don't have to get the flashiest car." And, you know, in retrospect to me today, and no disrespect anybody has a Lexus, I don't think Lexus, Lexus is a flashy car, but uh, they got a flashy price tag. Uh-huh. Uh, but I understood that when he started talking to me about colors and what colors represent in terms of the color of your car and what that means, uh, he ended up leasing a, a, a Jeep Cherokee Laredo. I mean, it was leather and it was a, it was a nice uh, uh, Jeep, you know, whatever that is. But I understood over time uh what those things meant he's extremely impactful i learned i think so much from him in business that you couldn't learn in business school or uh right. you know if you didn't learn trial by fire and so i was able to avoid some pitfalls uh you know because of his tutelage that's awesome that's awesome i yeah. feel like uh, i also grew up without a father my father passed when i was six hmm. but i feel like there's that Sorry to hear that no thank you but i feel like we share this kind of connection of like when you see somebody who's going to be a good mentor and have good advice and, or just stuff that you can learn from, you, you, you kind of you perk up and you tune in because not everyone can do that. And I think it's interesting because it's like, here's an opportunity for me to learn something and uh, I'm just going to try to learn as much as I can. And that's what I'm going to take from this situation. Sure. I, I, you, you have to. I, I, you know, look, I, the one thing I think has been great, I've been a sponge. You know, whether I've learned some things I probably shouldn't have, but I understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've learned more great things that have been so fruitful in my life. Uh, you've got to be able to absorb what you can in the environment that is most conducive and positive to you uh, to, to kind of springboard you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love it. This has been an amazing conversation I mean, I, it even harkens back to when you talked about, you know, I want to continue to eat better, which is mean consuming better. I remember wanting to go to see a, a pretty bad movie in my, uh, in my day of, of youth. And I was over at a friend's house and his dad said, well, why, why do you want to, either that or we were wanting to play a video game. I can't remember. Well, why do you want to do that? Was, yeah, it's cool. It's a thing to do. And uh, he says, well, he gets a wine glass and a bowl and, he gets, uh, put some water in there and puts a couple of drops of uh, food coloring. He says, well, this is the bad movie. And then he has a, a big pitcher of water that's clear. And he goes, how much good content do you think it's going to take to clear out all of the red that's in this wine glass? And wow. I was just like, wow, that was super impactful. And like, had he decided to just be like, hey, this kid isn't my kid. I'm not going to go through this mm -hmm. spiel. Because my friend had already gone through it. He's like, I've already seen this. Oh, God, Dad's whipping up the Oh, dude, here he is with the die again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I just, I like, I appreciate people who do that, who just, and right I, like, I remember just kind of having like an aha moment. Like, okay, fine. I guess I don't need that video game or that movie or whatever we were trying to go see. Right. So it was really impactful. I thought it was great. 
But and, isn't that the, the, but that goes back to and part of my interruption, it goes back to the give back, right? Like uh, right. if we all did something, right? If we all said we're going to do something. I this child is in my house and it is clear that there is some guidance. I'm not this child's father, but I can give fatherly advice. Uh-huh. And then from 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 you, you know, you can kind of take what you want from that. But that advice, as you have clearly displayed and shown where you are today, you and Nate, look, it, 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 it's been impactful and it continues to help be a part of the lessons that you learn and, and, and actions that you take. Right. And going back to that wine glass and the, and the die. And I think that says a lot. Yeah, it's uh, so this uh, conversations like this just bring back all those memories, which is great to be reminded of that because you, you just forget, you know, sometimes to live, yeah. Yeah. live the sure. best you can. Sure. What a cool way. So if anyone's out there struggling, looking to try to either give back more, looking to try to further their business more, what is Nico's you know, point of advice, fatherly advice that we're going to give out today and leave people with a little tidbit to go the extra mile? Yeah, well, you know, well, one, thank you for even asking that, that I could even give advice. I think that, that in itself is, is public. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, I take that serious because, you, you know, any, look, people today can give advice that it ain't necessarily what you should be doing. Right. right. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, you have to be encouraged is one that regardless of whatever the current circumstance is, it is never your destiny. Uh, you have to know that at the end of the day, there are great things ahead. There are great things that are afoot for you to move forward. Uh, and then from a business perspective is to really, really look at what you want to accomplish. Not look at it from a how much money I can make. Look at what the impact would be to the community or the, the uh, uh, group that you're looking to serve, the client base or the service that you're offering. What is that impact? Because that says a lot, right, about you know what you're doing. If you think about somebody who created an umbrella, right? They was like, damn, that's a great idea, right? Keep the rain <laughs> down. But over time, people have perfected the umbrella, right? We've got golf umbrellas. They're larger and they got things that, in, that do things with wind. And I'm sure at some point, somebody said, when they were trying to, to recreate the umbrella, somebody said, ah, you ain't really got to do that, right? It works. <laughs> right. Yep. There's always much improvement that can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's always space uh for for you uh in the business community and i'll say that for everybody right you know there, there's space for you you belong uh and, and i think that is most important that's what i would give that's awesome awesome great advice nico i can't thank you enough for taking the time i know it took a while to get together but i appreciate it and uh obviously filling out my 30 point questionnaire hopefully it was worth your time but i really enjoyed going over it and uh asking you some questions at the end of the day, you know, sharing a stick with people uh, and learning more about them and their experiences is the greatest thing. And I think that's in Amen. part why I love cigars, right? Because you don't have to know someone to sit down uh, and, and that commonality is is the stick. And before you know it, man, you're like, man, I know this guy for 20 years, right? Yeah. That's how you feel after leaving. And, and, and you exactly. can create lifetimes of friendships. So Absolutely. So I thank you for, for, for allowing me to be a part of your platform. This is exactly what this was for me. It was just, it's our favorite thing to do on it Friday. Is. Like, it is. It's so fun to just have a great conversation with somebody. So yep. I have to leave it at that. I can't thank you guys enough. All of you out there who are watching, subscribe. 
because I hope you like the content. This isn't about cigars, but it is. It's 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 bringing us together, and I love it. It's heartwarming. I'm learning a lot. I just enjoy it so much. I hope you enjoy it. Cheers to you. Have a blessed day. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>